Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. I'm so excited you're back. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, part one of plant medicine from a holistic nurse practitioner's point of view, I want you to go back and just hit pause here. Listen to part one first, because we lay some important groundwork about plant medicine, about the research and the considerations, contraindications, what's important, because this episode might inspire you. It might get you excited about possibilities for your mental health, your healing, your potentials, your spiritual connection. And it's really important that we understand everything before you hear my story. And again, this is not medical advice. You need to talk with your doctor, with your practitioner. You need to do your own research. I'm simply using my platform as a way to share about one of the most beautiful weeks and experiences of my life. And so head on back to the first part of this episode if you haven't caught it and you're like, Jen, I was here last week. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Okay. So I'm just going to dive right in. This is really fun for me because my brain can turn off and I can just be in my heart and I can just be with your spirit and my spirit and the spirit of the medicine and the spirit of the ancestors that have gone before us and the spirit of God that has made this connection and this medicine possible. So I want to tell you about my experience with plant medicine and these, these have been at different retreat centers. Everything's going to kind of blend together because the where and the how and which country and out of the United States, check, check, check. They all blend together at this point. But I had a recent experience with the great mother, Ayahuasca, that I'm going to share. And I want to give a a previous experience and a little bit of recognition to psilocybin when I went away to another retreat center and experienced that medicine because it deserves its place. And it's going to look like Ayahuasca is the big focus and the only thing, and that's not true. Psilocybin, in my experiences with shamans, have been so healing and incredible and a little bit less intense, which is was a really great step for me. We talked about hape in the first episode, and so really that was where my plant medicine journey started, and hape is a beautiful shamanic tobacco. It's legal in the U.S. I use it in healing circles. I've received it here in the U.S. You can get it here in the U.S. And always with an intention, with a setting. I shared a little bit about it in in part one of this, but Hape grounds my body down. Hape opens up my energy centers, helps me feel. Usually now when I have it, the first couple times I did purge in all sorts of ways. I'll let you use your imagination 
But now I usually have like a little whimper or a cry or a little bit of anger. Or a, like it just helps me move something that my ego or the part of humanness part of me that wants to resist feeling or connecting with myself or God, it just opens that up a little bit. And so there's my recognition for hopping. I'm just kind of leading you through my stair steps. Remember, I came from a background, heavy alcohol use and heavy processed foods and eight autoimmune conditions and a stressed out body and not knowing how to feel and not knowing how to have habits that helped me connect with God. My dogma and where I was with knowing God at the time was very rules and there was no experience. There was no ritual. There was no true connection. And I can say with my own healing journey through my body and my evolution of, of my spiritual connection. And now these retreats that I've had with plant medicine, it's, it's so different. And I feel fully alive. And those who have followed my journey, I, I get your messages all the time. Like Jen, you're just, you're just glowing. And I, I tell you, a couple of you, like when I'm back from these retreats, I'm like, here's where I was, what I was doing that and celery juice. I don't know what to tell you. So God, celery juice, plant medicine, they've been really big healers for me. So we've done our housekeeping, do your research, listen to episode one. This is not medical advice. Now let's get into a little bit on the psilocybin experience. And I'm just going to tell you about this experience that I had with a friend, um, when we were sitting with shamans and we took the medicine and then had our ceremony and we were starting to get off of the medicine. And I went to my friend's room and where they were staying and the laptop was plugged in and we were talking and I was expressing, you know, my concern for where I feel like I'm at and ready to have children and my biological age. And I just was like the, the psilocybin had really activated like a feeling for me because I had felt, I talk about my spirit baby earlier on in the show and she's been kind of like in and out, in and out. And I hadn't felt her for a while. And I'm like, I'm not feeling the urge to have children and um, right away, but I know it's there. And my biological clock is ticking, blah, blah, blah. We get stories in our head. Right. And just a little, after the fact, I'm not concerned now <laughs> from, and actually that came up again in my, my, um, ayahuasca ceremony too. Um, the medicine told me 37 is the new 20 and just showed me like how vital and healthy my body is. It was like, you literally don't have to worry, but this, this, um, mushroom ceremony that I had with a shaman. So I went back to my friend's room at the retreat center and the laptop was plugged in and I was expressing my concern to them. And I was just like, what? And they're, they're a really tapped in person too. And I was like, well, what are you feeling? And in that moment, the voice, the Siri came over the laptop and was like, it's okay, Jen. And we just looked at each other and we were like, Oh my God. And we just cracked up. It was so hilarious. It was just like, it wasn't spooky because we were so in that connected state. It was so beautiful. And then we decided to go for a walk through the woods, through the forest and we're walking and we've known each other since we were little kids. And we were talking about how one time um, when we grew up in the Midwest, we were in the country and we were going through the woods in the country at that time. And we told our parents that we were going mushroom hunting and we were on this walk and we both felt like we were in this energy timeline portal, like we were little kids again. And I was, we were just giggling. We're like, oh my gosh, we feel like little kids. This feels like when we were 10 years old hanging out. And um, 
we kept seeing mushrooms in the forest as we, it, it was wet, humid climate there. And we're walking along, we're seeing all these mushrooms. And I was like, oh my gosh, just came to this, this understanding of this remembrance of we told our parents we were going mushroom hunting. We found the mushrooms and we just died. We had this beautiful healing experience. They went through some inner child healing. I was going through a lot of healing. I don't, I can't remember exactly that, that ceremony because the days of that retreat blend together, but it was nonetheless very beautiful. And so the mushrooms are called by the shamans, Los Niños, which is like the little boys, the little kids. And they have this, um, funny little heart opening, giggly, sweet. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can sit with mushrooms at a place where they're available and have a very emotional, um, very psychoactive experience. I've felt a lot of pain in my mushroom journeys and released a lot of things. And it's very, very intense. And the dose and the setting does matter. Being in nature, oh my gosh, being with the right people, not being too close to another, feeling their energy, having music. Um, every, the time of day is dependent. I'm not going to get into to instructing because that's not my place. I'm simply sharing my experience and no medical advice. And they're just, in my experience with psilocybin at these retreat centers, it's like, they're just giggly little girls and guys that can break you down and make you feel. And then they also build you up and help you see beauty and help you see fun and help you feel lighter and help you see pretty little fractals. If you're staring at a, a light beam bouncing off of, um, you know, a, a yoga deck into the ocean or they help you feel connected to the earth. I can literally see the earth breathe. It's like respirating when I'm sitting with the medicine. And so I want to share about my most recent ayahuasca retreat. So we arrived to the retreat center, you know, lots of travels and people are coming in from out of the country and you finally get there and you arrive. And I was there for three days for this experience. And so leading up to this, you go on what's called shaman's dieta. And so those of you who are familiar with healing your body using food as medicine, the good news is if you've done that, you'll be fine on dieta. The, the first week they have you cut out, I believe it's red meat. I wasn't eating these things, so I don't exactly remember the steps, but it's like red meat, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, um, processed foods, just the first week you, you do a, you would do a base layer of cleansing. Um, they also advise you to abstain from intercourse and intimacy after that week. Cause then you start to really get in your own energy. And the second week, the week leading up to your ceremonies, you're doing just fruits, vegetables. You can do sweet potatoes Every shaman has different recommendations. Some say you can do sprouted quinoa. Some say you can do rice. Some say no grains at all. Some say you can do beans. Some say no beans. But basically what I do to keep it simple, rule of thumb is, is fruits, veggies, leafy greens, sweet potatoes. And that's pretty much what you're doing. No avocados, no nuts, no seeds, no oils, no meat, no fats. Those of you who've been through symptomless and have done a really high expression of your healing with food can remember no salt. Oh, that was hard. And you do this for a week and about day three, four or five, you're like, man, what I would do for an avocado or a little bite of dark chocolate. But once you get there and you get with the medicine, it's like, I mean, even 
after the ceremony, cravings gone, like relationship with food, quite a bit adjusted, beautiful, beautiful things. So we arrived. And then on the first night, we're just getting to know each other. I shared with on in the part one of this, my medical mind was just going, 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 asking questions. And the shamans were very receptive to this. One was a medical doctor from the United States and allowing me to feel my nervous system to feel safe with the medicine by my mind feeling a grasp for it. And the day two and three are when you take the medicine, at least when I did in my experience. And the day one, you have two cups. And I talked about the first cup being this like light experience. I was happy. I went to lay in the sun. I had a beautiful encounter with the soul of my Weimaraner and called a lot of my energy back from her that she has carried for me for almost nine years. When Because I got her when I was in a place where I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to regulate. I didn't know how to heal. I didn't know how to release energy. And animals are unconditional love. And she just took a lot of that for me. So I had this little light, gentle experience, which honestly reminded me of the retreats before with psilocybin. And so I went up for the second cup and I went to a different shaman. I went to the one who I was asking a lot of the medical questions to the night before. And they were like, how are you feeling, Jen? And I was like, happy, good. Don't ever tell a shaman after your first cup that you uh, feel happy because they will address that really quick for you and, and take you to those deep places. But oh my gosh, like I'll tell you what happened here in a minute. I was going deep in both days. I went really, really deep. And in the moment, my ego was like, that was too much. Oh my gosh. I can't believe they gave me that much. This is too much. I don't like this. But after my gratitude, my words, I was like, thank you. You just gave me a huge gift. But if you remember from part one, the shaman looked at me with the cup to their heart and then to mine and said, Jen, this isn't science. This is the love of our creator. And in that moment, I took the cup and I said, all right, mind, we're going to shut off and we're going to go here and we're going to do this thing and do this thing we did. So the first day of the medicine, I, I was sitting there and I was watching just out of, in my awareness the other participants at the retreat center start to lie down and start to feel the medicine. And I felt like a little kind of like I was going to fall back for a second, but I didn't move. So I was like, okay, maybe that's the medicine. And I didn't know what to expect, but I had some similar cues in my body as when I've sat with psilocybin of like, I felt my heart opening. I felt my pelvic floor and my hips expanding. I felt my crown opening, just some energy centers like opening me up, moving me along. And then I was just like, I need to lay down. I'm getting tired. Wow. I just feel tired. And I laid down and they give you, they encourage you, your openness position is just like you're laying like arms open. And I somehow ended up in the fetal position. And all I remember was seeing, so the medicine comes to me like snakes and you know me, you know, I don't prefer, uh, reptiles, amphibians, scaly, spiny things that move without legs. Like, uh, -uh, ain't my thing. I love nature, but I'm like, you are so beautiful. You little snake, you stay way over there and I'm going to stay way over here. And we will not, um, we will not, we will just not. And some say they see ayahuasca, the medicine is a vine. She was very much snakes to me. 
And so I start to see these snakes. I mean, imagine this is the psychoactive part. My eyes are closed. I'm in the fetal position because, and I was starting to get really cold and it was a warm day there and I was just curled up and <laughs> just like, what's happening? But I felt safe. And that was the biggest thing of having the set and the setting, the instructors and the shamans that were holding the circle in space. Like even when, especially the second day of the medicine that I'll tell you about that I felt so scared, like I was dying. I knew I was okay because I would look over and they looked over at me and they just, they're always watching you. You're not alone. You're not just like wandering in the forest of South America or Mexico by yourself. You are here, like understanding you are held, going through this experience for your healing and the snakes start to come in in my throat. <sighs> oh, like the thought of it, I can still see their little tongues. So they're coming in in my throat and I'm aware that it is a vision and that it's not actually snakes on the ground. Like there is that separation, but the, for me, the world of when I opened my eyes, there was one world. When I closed my eyes, I was in a very, very different world. Kind of like when you're dreaming, right? So the snakes start to come in through my throat and they're stopping around my thyroid and I've healed Hashimoto's from my body. And there's been times through my remission that like my TSH will spike or I'll feel a little um, like nodule or a little bit of swelling. And let me tell you, it's always energetic at this point. My physical body, she is a-okay. And um, remind me, I'm just, this is a note to, to, my, to myself, remind me when I'm talking about the second day about the physical body being fine. So I'm seeing these mulberries on my thyroid. And I'm like, oh no, no, I have nodules. And I'm like going through this whole thing in my head of like, oh, I'm this holistic nurse practitioner that's healed eight conditions from her body and it's not true. And I'm freaking out. I thought they were showing me like I'm going to be sick or something. And so I'm going back in time. They show me these mulberries. It's just like a little storybook. And the next thing I know, I'm in a, a part of my life where I'm in nursing school. I'm just going to, we're just going to lay it all out here today. So I'm in nursing school that doesn't, up until that point with the medicine did not chalk up as one of the most traumatic periods of my life. It was really hard, um, but I didn't really understand what I went through because I don't think I felt it. So the snakes are in my thyroid. They're showing me in my throat. They're showing me these little mulberries and I'm flashed back to this time in nursing school. I went through a lot of hard stuff. And those of you who like this show and who, you know, follow my work and we've connected or we've worked together. Or you just feel a connection. I feel your connection too. When I make these podcasts, Oh man, there's something about you. And you know, that, that other people just don't like, um, my mom has always told me, she's like, I don't know, Jenny, just some girls don't like you and you can't take it personally. It's been since I'm a, I was a little girl and it's gotten more and more progressive over time, but I'm in the place of my healing now where I really do understand it. I'm okay with that. Those who do anything with human design, I have a five, I'm a five one. So five is the karmic mirror. People don't see themselves or see me. They see themselves. It's all it's, I've learned a lot. I've done a lot of work around it. And I'm also very okay with now being different and people not liking me. And that's probably why I can speak so openly on my podcast about things personal. But I was taken back to this time where I shared um, I was in my clinicals in nursing school and I was in a NICU at a level four hospital. And like, that was 
perfect divine, divine alignment for me at the time. I was where heaven and earth met for me. I was good at it. I got the placement for clinical. It was really hard to get clinical there. I don't know. I don't, I didn't look at the grade books. I know I didn't have the best grades in nursing school and I know I didn't have the worst grades out of everyone, but it was a ranking system. And so it was competitive and I was shocked. That was my first choice, but I was like, I'm not going to get this. So I put these other labor delivery NICU combined units. I was like, oh, I could do a little NICU there too. So NICU is intensive care unit for neonates or babies. So sick, tiny little babies. And I knew I didn't want to work with like adult men because I have like horror stories. This did not come up in medicine. Sorry of like, I remember walking in to um, assist an elderly gentleman with his activities of daily living, his medication administration. And I was like, is there anything else I can do for you? He goes, yeah, come here, little pretty thing. Come sit on my lap. And I was like, I'm done. I no longer, I only work with tiny babies. And so that's what I decided. And that's what I loved. But anyways, it's a competitive process. I got this clinical placement. I was shocked myself. I think everybody else was shocked that I got it. Not many did. And I, in a not wise moment of my judgment, shared out of my enthusiasm and excitement, I was holding a little neonate, a little babe um, on my shoulder. Their head was down The and I took a photo and the photo was of my neck, the back of the child's head, no setting, no identifiers. And I put it on my, at the time, my Snapchat that said, I love this. And I didn't know that I had any frenemies in nursing school. Like I didn't feel that, you know, the thing I said that girls just don't like me (laughs) at the time, but I went to school the next day. I think that I posted that on like a Friday and then like Monday, the Dean came and got me and they're like, you can't go to clinical anymore. You might not graduate this whole thing. And I was like, what? And I didn't expect to get into this in the podcast, by the way. It's not my notes, but here we go. And so I was, needless to say, I'd worked so hard to get into this nursing school that was competitive, got this clinical placement, was about to get a job there. They had already offered me a job. And here I am. I might not graduate and I might get kicked out of the program and out of the hospital because one of the my female classmates, um, well, two of them had screenshotted it and sent it to the Dean and turned me in. Let's be honest. The healing journey can be hard from cooking to consultations and trying to live a life in between. Oftentimes you just run out of energy. Are you looking for a therapy that can shoulder some of this healing work for you? Well, I have got just the thing. Infrared has been the second best thing next to food as my medicine to heal all eight autoimmune and chronic conditions from my body. These infrared devices I'm going to tell you about literally helped me melt my eczema that was from my collarbone to my forehead away while I was healing with symptomless nutrition. I woke up every morning with skin that was cracked, bleeding so stiff I could not even smile. But thank goodness for infrared as this was the only thing to truly help my skin be more supple, the eczema to heal, my fatigue to reduce, and my body to flush out the inflammation through heat shock proteins so I could be here sharing this good news with you today. Truth be told, I still use my infrared sauna every single day because it makes me feel so good. So how can infrared help you heal? I want you to think of your body like one giant solar panel. You know, the ones that sit on rooftops and turn sun into energy inside of the home. Our bodies are basically doing the same thing, whether that's from the sun or healing infrared devices by exposing our skin to sunlight, seven dehydrocholesterol in the skin absorbs the UVB light and is converted to pre vitamin D three. 
From there, it changes into vitamin D3, and then your body uses it for anti-inflammatory healing. And research suggests this may result in more soluble mediators, such as endorphins, serotonin being released, think happy, feel good, anti-inflammatory, and increased ATP production by the mitochondria just from the infrared use. Your body is going to feel so, so good and relieved deeply with the infrared light. So where to start? Start with an infrared sauna. If you're ready to go in, sweat and deeply detox and heal fast. If you need to take it slow, a juve red light by itself or combined with a biomat is a more gentle option that can be used anytime, anywhere without breaking the sweat. Simply head over to inspirehealthbygen.com slash infrared dash therapy, or click on the link infrared in the show notes. That's inspirehealthbygen.com slash infrared dash therapy. On the webpage, you will see an opportunity for up to a $600 discount for the infrared saunas and 50 to $100 discount for the biomats and the red light devices. So get that discount, head over to inspirehealthbygen.com slash infrared dash therapy. And so the Dean honestly was amazing and an ally and helped me understand what I did. And it was poor judgment and for sure was, and helped me understand the place that it came from in my heart, excitement, loving this work. And then, so we had to go through this whole process with the hospital where the CMO and the CEO got involved. And ultimately the CMO and the CEO deemed it a non-event and I was fine. I like went back to clinical. Some of the instructors at the school said that I should, um, I, the Dean was like, that is hazing. And looking back, you know, I was just shelled up guys. Like I was terrified. I just wanted to finish. But some of the instructors said that I would need to present and like tell my story and like come up to the class and give a presentation on social media. And like, I mean, it looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty shitty. And that's kind of hazy. Like I'm not comfortable with that, but I was like, I'll do whatever. I just want to pass school. And like, I don't care if people ridicule me and and professors that treated me different after that. It was, it was a very different experience. You know, that in Mean Girls, where is it when, is it Caddy, Katie, whatever her name is, Lindsay Lohan walks into the cafeteria and she has like no one to sit with. Um, that was going back to school that when everyone had found out and everyone was like, she can sit here. And I was like, Oh God. And I didn't realize how traumatic that was. Like I just got by and was like, well, I'm past school and guess I'll never talk to these people again. And there was enough little things in that time period of my life, relationships and enough of like, I mean, just those things compile. Right. But that's kind of the, the, the bread and butter. And I started to step into also my truth at this time of like, I was not into holistic medicine by any means, but I was like, maybe there's kind of like a different way where people could be like healthy. I didn't know. And I had flaring autoimmune thyroid disease and didn't know it. Um, but I knew I felt like crap. And so the medicine was showing me all of these mulberries around my thyroid and my lymph nodes are every time I felt energetically attacked or just these instances, like walking into the cafeteria and having nowhere to sit, walking into school and everyone being like talking about me and you can't sit here. I mean, it, my body felt attacked. And because I was detached and just trying to get through it, I didn't feel that, but my thyroid did. And my thyroid stored all of those all the way across my life. I mean, even recording this podcast, I know I'm going to get stuff sent 
don't worry. I'm not going to read it. My team will read it and they'll dispose of it, but we've set up boundaries in a good place. Or you'll DM me on Instagram or you'll, people say stuff they want to say and they're on healed places and that's okay. When I didn't let myself feel it, my throat started to put up these little guards to guard her truth. And those were the mulberries, the nodules. So I'm in this medicine, I'm curled up in the fetal position and I start wailing because it was like, oh honey, you didn't feel this at 21 years old. You're going to feel it now. And I went through waves of like every time and it would, it, the, this being myself, speaking my truth, women not like me and being a karmic mirror. That was just the beginning. It was like, then where I worked and then where I worked after that. And then where I worked after that. And it finally pushed me and served me to then I was like, fine, F this. I'm going to start my own business because my blog is blowing up and people are wanting my services. And I did. So just know if you're going through it, it's always serving you, uh, but you've got to feel it. And so the medicine took me through about 10 years of this kind of theme in my life and everything I didn't feel because I just was like, I can't let it get to me. And it got to me and I was covered in snot and saliva. And then I was like in my head beating myself up about like, why can I have handled it this way? I could have been better. And at that moment, the female shaman comes over and she lays her hands on me and she was like, don't be so hard on yourself. She had no idea what I was working through other than I was like whimpering and crying. And I had, um, they, they do coach you really well that if you're purging or crying or to try to like keep it within your own space so that you don't awaken and distract others from their experience. And she just, everything she was saying was like what I was going through. And she was with the, the shamans usually take a smaller dose of the medicine. And so she was with the medicine and I was with the medicine and we were in this beautiful, I was like, I can honestly, honest God, feel the mother Mary to my left. She was on my right. There was like a female angels, goddesses, priestesses in front of me. I just felt, um, it made me cry. I just felt the love of like the divine feminine and the angels and goddesses and mother Mary. Like they're like, you weren't alone in that. Like we were there with you and the medicine was so healing. I didn't even know that my throat had all that stuff in it. And what's funny is the night before this first day of the medicine and the fire, my throat was hurting and I could feel like, Oh no, my thyroid's swelling. What's going on? And they coach you and they prepare you and they say, hey, you're going to start to go through things. You're going to have symptoms or things in your life are going to start to fall apart in preparation of the ceremony. My thyroid is like, hello, we're ready to heal on another level. (sighs) And then after that, that purging, I just felt into a deep, restful state, had beautiful realizations, a journal full of messages that I didn't write until later. the medicine for me was like a, a wheel, a teaching. It just kind of came back. We'd be on one thing and she would come back and show me. But without further ado, let me get to day two, because this is where it gets really intense. And this is where whew, I was like, did I make the right choice in doing this medicine? So day two. So the, after day one, I felt so happy. I had to get the the hoppy <laughs> to put me to sleep, remember? And day two, after the hop in on day one, I, day one of the medicine, I told the, one of the shamans, I said, I think tomorrow, I said, today was throat up clearing. Cause I had a huge, huge headache because I was so open. I was getting messages for other people. I mean, just like vivid, vivid. And those who have heard episode, I believe it's 
35, where I share about my spiritual gifts that came in when I healed my body for autoimmune disease. I mean, that's vivid, but like messages you get with the medicine and they, those who I received them for and I shared it with, it was really irrelevant. So before I want to stay on day, the first day of medicine for just one second, before I went into my own experience after the first cup, I was one of the last to take the cup. There was a gentleman across the way from me and I was just really pulled to their abdomen and their solar plexus. And I'm like, something is stuck there. Oh my God. I was just so like, wow, I cannot just not. (laughs) And, um, I was flashed to the scene of them walking in the desert in Egypt with a headdress alone, without water, hot. I'm like, they're going to die. I was like, and it was them. And I was like, I don't know when they go to Egypt. Is this a past life? Are the past lives even real? I don't know. And I'm like, I just sent them a message from what I was receiving in the stream of consciousness. I was like, you have to ask for help. And this gentleman in that moment gets up and walks up to the shaman who I'm sitting really close to, kneels down and says, I need help. And the shaman took them and they started purging and having their whatever they needed. And I didn't follow their experience from there on after. And I had another message for another person that I saw them on the ground kneeling. And I was like, they look like they're wrestling something. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's their dad on their back. And I like saw what their dad looked like. And their dad was like, give me this back. This is mine. Quit carrying this with you. And their dad was on the other side. And later I asked them, is this what your dad looked like? And they said, before they passed away. And they said, yeah. And I was like, well, here's what I was receiving. They're like, I remember that I was wrestling. I didn't know it was them. Like, I didn't know it was my dad. And and on the second day of the medicine, I saw their dad walk away from them and be like, you've released it. It was so cool. So just, I mean, some people have that. Some people don't. Uh, the shamans had me sit close to them because one, women on their moon are very, very open. They have to protect you with extra tobacco. But two, they just knew my background and they're like, you're, you're going to have a lot for other people and you just need to have someone kind of anchor it. I was getting messages for one of the shamans it was so sweet it just like that's the beauty of the medicine though and it feels so effortless to serve uh, but it was very much there having my own messages and experiences and that made that clear with the medicine I was like I'm here for me but I'm here to serve if you need me to really relay something so day two. Oh, day two okay so day two you take a bigger cup instead of two and it's more intense quicker but you end sooner and then you get to eat fats. <laughs> so you, they feed you like guacamole and fats that they they cook up in their wonderful kitchen. So I took the cup and remember I'd had this like shift from it being science to love of the creator. And um, I took the medicine and right before I took the medicine, it was like, Oh, I think I needed a little bit more because again, they didn't give me as much as everyone else because sensitive Sally over here and proud. And then I was like, oh wow, I'm feeling a little nauseous. So, and I didn't have any nausea or anything like that the first day. I just had a lot of crying and snot and blubbering and spitting and <laughs> mucus and coughing and throat clearing. But day two, it's getting really nauseous and I started to feel spinning. So I tried to lay down. That was uncomfortable. I tried to sit up. That was uncomfortable. I was getting very, very, very sick and very uncomfortable. 
and I started retching and gagging. And I didn't, this is the part about my body that I was going to come back to that I said, reminder to myself, well, here it is. When I was puking, but not expelling anything, I mean, imagine you're just puking energy and no physical liquids or anything are coming out. I was like, (coughs) there's a little bit more left, I guess. I was retching, gagging, and I was like, come on, body, just release it. Like, I'm here. I'm trying to, I was trying to surrender enough to puke. And my body straight up told me, she said, Jen, she said, I'm pure. I don't have anything to purge. You do. And I was like, dang, girl. And on that segue, let me tell you what my body shared with me. She said, we, we lease our bodies because remember when I like, I think I said this in the first part, I came back into my body and I like looked at my arms and legs. I'm like, these things are so cute. And I like loved my body. I felt light. I felt at the right weight for me. I felt like there was no picking a part of the way that God made my broad, strong shoulders and thick thighs and booty and all the things. And my body was like, Jen, we lease our bodies. And so when you lease a car, you got to learn how to drive it. You got to learn how to read the owner's manual. You got to listen to the check engine lights, but you are not your body. And I have never felt, I mean, you know, on this podcast, I'm always like, listen to your body. What does your body say? Our body and I are teammates. Our bodies belong to God and belong to nature. We are not our bodies. And I have never, some of you are like, well, no, Jen. Well, this was a first for me. I have never thought about it that way. I'm like, well, I know like, (laughs) I didn't even know what I knew about the body until this part. (laughs) And here I am. Thank you for listening to the episodes up until now. They are all null and void. Just kidding. They're all actually one beautiful thing about, um, I mean, there's always room for changing how you feel, but in my journey of like streaming and channeling divine messages for your teachings, it's like, they all build on each other. You're like, well, glad I don't have to erase the past. So like, we're, our bodies belong to nature, but we're an energy. We're a soul in the body. Okay. I knew that, but like literally it's like a person inside of a car and imagining. So like, okay, everyone's seen cars, right? The animated movie. So like we've, at least me, probably some of us have been living our lives. Like we're cars, like in the animated movie, like we are the car. And then my body's like, no sis, you're just the driver in here. Okay. So like when there's a problem, it's the driver, not the car. And I was like, so then here we go. So I'm feeling really nauseous and I'm retching and I'm playing this retching ping pong match with someone across the circle. Didn't even realize it. I mean, and I was spinning and like, uh, like groaning, moaning. At one point I was like, oh, my face is in the dirt right now. Okay, great. I would not be comfortable with that normally in some foreign territory. I'm like, I don't know what kind of bugs are over here. So my face is in the dirt. And I'm looking over at the the female shaman and she's, she's noticing what I'm going through. And she's just looking and being like, you're okay. I see you. You're okay. But also there were moments where I could literally, she would lift her hand and just kind of move it towards me. I could feel her love and compassion for me. And I was like, I'm safe, but I'm also going through hell. So the snakes are coming in this time through my legs and they're coming in, they're coming in, they're coming in. And they start to pull me down. And first I just thought I was going to go into the earth and I'm like, I'm cool with being in the earth. But then, and in other supernatural experiences, I have been to the underworld twice. Just go with me guys. I know it's weird. I listen, if I can make this up, I would. Okay. Been to the underworld once in an energy healing session to release a friend's mother. 
I don't know the rules of it. And I believe that she was in heaven. Which I don't know. I think there was like a part of her energy, her emotional processing. I don't have the book on the universe. I know I was there. I was there with Jesus. I was there with angels. We released her and she was fine. And then I've been there one other time again with Jesus. There we go. And he was just showing, this was years and years ago in a meditation. And he was just showing me. And this also goes to say, you don't need plant medicine to have spiritual experiences. Okay. You don't need it. Um, I was with Jesus in a really deep meditative state. And this was the beginning of my business and healthcare career in a different way. Like, and guys, you, you know, if you're against the grain in medicine, you just face it. People don't like your work. They don't, they have things to say about you. You can't present here. You can't publish here. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, because you're a true speaker. So I'm with Jesus and we're like walking across. This is, by the way, not plant medicine. I know I'm weaving a lot of stories together, but this feels important. I told the spirit to take my tongue today. So we're on a wild ride. Um, I was in the underworld twice, one releasing someone the second time with Jesus. And he was showing me all the asleep souls walking in the other direction as me. And we were going against the grain and I was yelling, wake up, wake up. And he was like, that's not how you do it. You can't yell at them. So anyways, so I'm snakes are in my body. My face is in the dirt. I'm gagging and retching. And I feel myself being pulled into the earth. We go deeper than the earth. We start to go to the underworld. But it looked different this time. It was just piles and piles of snakes. Black, scary, slithery, nasty snakes. And I was like, no, I hate snakes. But the snakes didn't hurt me. We, The snakes were there like cleaning me or protecting me or something. I don't know. But I really, I did not like them. And we we're going deeper and deeper and lower and lower. And I was smelling death and wretch and just a smell that like literally you can imagine hell. And I asked the mother, I was like, why am I here? And she said, am I at this point, I vaguely noticing that my lower body is having convulsions, like, like tonic clonic movements, my upper body's fine. Or else I'm sure the shamans would have came over and like, Oh, cool. She's easy. We should probably help her. My lower body's like, just like, what's the word? Writhing. (laughs) I don't know. Like just violently, like tonic clonic shaking, shaking, shaking. And the mother's like the medicine. She said, she kept calling me. She's like, can you come with me? Can you come with me? Can you surrender a little bit more? And I'm like, fine, fine. So we go and I'm like, why did you bring me here? I hate the underworld. I want to be happy. I want to go back to the rainbows where I was yesterday. And she said to me, she was like, you need to leave this here. As my legs were shaking and as the snakes are cleaning, you need to leave this energy here where it belongs. So the medicine's cleaning out my lower body. And then all of a sudden I'm essentially thrust up into this other dimension. I don't remember the way up, but the next thing I know after I had released all that heaviness and she said, you have to come to these low places, Jen, to release what's no longer serving you and what's not good and what's unholy and what's heavy and what's dark. It belongs here. You don't. And so she released me and I was, I was stepped into this, I call it the queen's courts palace now that I've been reflecting on this for a while. And it was, everything was made out of quartz and crystals and rubies and beauty and pinks, like light pinks and purples and blues and maybe a touch of green. And I walked in and to the left were female angels in front of me were goddesses. And like, I don't know, all these holy women, (laughs) mother Mary, 
her sisters, her friends, Beyonce. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Beyonce wasn't there. Um, you get the point though. And it was just all of these beautiful, holy women. And I was like, oh my God. And they said, welcome. This is where you belong. And they showed me a version of myself sitting on this armchair, this quartz chair. Like it's made of stone, but it was actually really comfortable in the experience. And they showed me a version of myself. She was wearing this like white, shiny pleather leather jumpsuit with this long, her ponytail was on the top of her head. It was so cool. I did not have a ponytail like this in real life. And it was so long. I could like use it like as a whip. And I just was feeling myself like total Beyonce vibes, which is funny because the shaman, female shaman, and I had a couple giggles because just the way I show like naturally in my essence felt appropriate to show up to ceremony was you know, like no makeup, no perfume, nothing extra, but like my cute earrings, my hot pink little yoga shorts, like just here I am. I'm like, this is how the the medicine called me. And we just, we had a laugh. So when I was sharing this experience, the female shaman was like, well, of course. And um, the male shaman, he said to me, he said, you met your higher self. And when you meet your higher self, it's the lifetime and the near time that you will become her. I mean, that's a lot to live up to. We have many more episodes of this podcast where we can find out if Jen becomes her higher Beyonce, pleather, white ponytail, long whip. Like you guys can hold me to it. Um, but the frequency, let me get a little serious here for a second because I have to add some humor. The frequency of that place. I mean, have you ever met God? Like, I don't know how else to put it. And people are like, how was your retreat, Jen? And I'm like, have you ever met God in a three-day weekend? Like, I don't know how else to put it. I was in the place. I wasn't there for long because honestly, I think my body, that's, I was really, really, really shaking. And the shaman said to another person, you shake when you're at the frequency of angels. And that's funny because in different meditations and energy healing sessions, and I know I've seen this with my clients, we shake because our frequency is shifting and holiness, like divinity is entering our bodies, angels saints, goddesses, energy. And I can't explain it, but it was so beautiful. And oh, I was so happy after. So I came back down. And then after that, I just was like, well, ready to sit up. (laughs) I just think I just sat up and stared at the trees for a while. And so now I have these little parts as we start to wrap up where I can share some other little synchronicities of the medicine, beautiful moments, and then some final closing thoughts. So on the medicine, everything makes sense. Your life makes sense. Everything is perfect. This is my experience. Some others in our sharing circle had much heavier, denser experiences of just, they didn't see anything, but they felt a lot. But everyone at the end of the retreat, I mean, big, tough guys from like, country USA in the US were like crying and, you know, these athletes, like just these strong, strong masculine men at their breaking point in a good way. And just so grateful and so thankful and so happy. And even if they went through a really hard experience with the medicine, it changed them. And everyone agreed, like, we're not the same. (sighs) I mean, go hang out with queens and angels and God in a rose quartz, white quartz, goddess palace. I don't even know what to call it. Like, you just can't come back to saying you're like, whoa. 
there was another really beautiful part. And part of my message in this podcast to everyone is to always trust your intuition and always trust what the spirit is speaking through your body. The second day we got to the ceremony site, I had felt the impression of an animal, a pet that had passed away there. And when I went up to receive my second day of medicine cup, the shaman asked me how I was doing. And I just started crying. And I said, this dog. And she said, yeah, the male shaman saw it here this morning too. Well, a long story short about that dog, that dog passed and where that dog lived in around the, the neighborhood, the village, the, the woods, the forest, <laughs> these dogs, they're the, the, the ceremony site had a, a property, someone who lived close and that dog had passed and they got another dog and the dog had passed had always been there on the ceremony site, like interrupting plant medicine because I guess her spirit was so great. And that dog had passed. And then another dog, they got another dog and that dog would come over and come over and come over. Well, that dog was essentially given to the ceremony site by the owner and the, and the, and the ceremony site, the owners of that gave it to another woman who lived nearby. And because of those dogs, that woman was in the circle with us because those dogs had called her there. It's hard to explain if you weren't there, but basically the one dog died. The one dog always visited ceremony site. That dog died. That owner got another dog. That dog kept running to ceremony site because animals love this, this frequency, right? So the, that owner was like, fine, just keep the dog. The medicine people gave the dog to a neighbor and the neighbor found their way to ceremony and she had a beautiful, beautiful experience in our retreat and that forever changed her because of these dogs. And I just, I kept feeling like maybe this dog didn't have a good life and it wasn't, that wasn't the message. The message was this dog brought someone here to experience this beautiful experience. And so, and then at the end of the ceremony, um, I started to come back and I had this really beautiful nature. It was also my teacher. There were these big, beautiful trees in the forest, but I had set up station next to this little, she was a work of art, not a production. And her leaves branched out and gathered the sun, which nourished all of her. And on the first day of the medicine, the medicine was showing me her small trunk. I mean, very, she almost looked like a baby tree. And her roots were solid. She could hold my weight when I sat across her and, she, and the medicine was like, this is the work in, your, in the world you're building. And the final analogy was, so this, you know, this little strong base, but these beautiful leaves. And if anyone is a human being or a business owner, you know this, you compare yourself to others. And I have noticed there's other peers in my industry that whether they do functional medicine or not, especially powerful women that I look at to them and I'm like, Oh God, not them. And I'm laying under these trees and there's my little tree I've been connecting with. And, and the medicine on the first day showed me the twist and the turns that her, her, uh, trunk, the trunk of the tree took as it's growing. And it's like, these are your twists and turns in your work in the world. And then she had all these little beautiful trees and she was so content with her small, but mighty structure. And I looked at all these other trees and the medicine was like, look, 
look at all of the pruning that these other trees have to keep up with. Like this, my little tree, Jen's tree, she was perfect. She had no dead things on her, no extra leaves, no messiness. She was this work of art while these other trees in the forest were this production. And I just received the message that like your work, you, your body, the way you handle your life, it's a work of art. It's not a production, Jen. And I looked at these trees that were hovering over her and had way more leaves and way bigger and way stronger. And I'm like, they're not as beautiful. I love this. This is my tree. And it was this metaphor of my life and my business and the work I'm building in the world. Like this, this is my tree. And I'm proud of her. And then there was some little like scientific part of either me, my guidance, the medicine that was like, well, if you do the surface area math, you both actually come out with the same aliveness and photosynthesis properties of these big trees because these big trees have so much dead stuff on them. And I was just like, whoa. So nature is also a teacher with the medicine. And there was this beautiful, the shamans had, again, who you choose, if you choose medicine and if this feels like something that you're encouraged from, um, do your research of the country, get it where it's accessible, talk to people who've sat with medicine that you trust and who they've sat with medicine with. Like you can't just pick anyone because we had this closing ceremony where they told us, bring an offering of something you want to give to the earth and a symbolism of they had prepped us over the last couple of days. And one person shaved their head and gave that, um, I buried a good chunk of money and just of like, cause my message was we can get caught up in the world and thinking our production is our provider, how much we work, how hard we, how great we do something. And my medicine experience was a reminder of like, my supply is my creator and it is not, it is God and it is not up to me. And it just, so that it had to be something we had with us. And, you know, you don't like bring any of your good stuff there. You, I mean, they take your phone and your keys. It's great. <laughs> you can't even respond to emails. It was such a great week. Um, and you offer it back to the earth. And then they planted a tree, a fruit bearing tree with that. It was so beautiful. So my final thoughts that I can leave with you about just my experience since you've been along for the ride to hear. This is, the medicine for me just activated what I already knew, what already lied within me, but I've forgotten or had been taken or had been covered up and recovered this knowingness, this trueness about myself that I had to get rid of to survive in the world. And I mean, it was one of the, the best experiences of my whole life. And is it for everyone? No. Definitely not. I can kind of see, now I see like medicine, plant medicine, a little bit like energy healing. It's like if you went to your energy healer every single day or every single week, you would bypass doing your own work. So there's a time and a place where we need someone or something to rewire, our neurons open up. I mean, the way I've been thinking in the last couple of days, it's like God has also given me little encouragements. I've had some things that normally trigger me that are themes in my life happen since the experience, since the retreat and the way I handled them was so different because my neural pathways were broken down and new, better ones were made. And 
to me, I credit to the medicine and to the gift from the creator. And it just, it was beautiful. This was my journey and my medicine. This does not mean it will be your journey and will be medicine for you. I want to demystify what was not talked about in the medical community, what's not talked about now, what never was, maybe what never will be, and shed light on my experience. And that's what I wanted to give you today with this episode. So again, this is not medical advice nor coercion that this might be for you. I'm simply sharing my story and letting you know what's out there in the world that is not always talked about. So thank you for joining me on this podcast where science and spirit meet, where we can come together as a community and speak our truth and heal and be in a safe place. I can't wait to see you next week to feel your energy as I'm recording every single episode. In the meantime, if you can subscribe, leave a five-star review if that feels in alignment for you. And I'll talk to you soon.